Hello, everybody. Welcome, listeners. Welcome back once again to the second episode of the Wide View podcast. My name is Danny Garcia Pozo. I am a podcaster and viewpoints writer at the Odyssey News Magazine. With me today is Mr. Micah Shannon, the webmaster of the Odyssey News Magazine. Say hello. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Good to have you all. Hopefully back again if you stick around this long. Hey, good for you. But today, as always, we will be, as the description implies, reviewing and watching a movie based on our somewhat professional opinions. And today, our movie of this week, of this cycle, of this episode is Contact, which was released in 1997. It is a movie about aliens, about the experience of people contacting aliens. Mr. Micah Shannon, would you like to give us a brief outline for the plot? Yes. So Contact, it is a about two and a half hours, kind of long movie, but a lot happens. Basically, it's about, you know, in the, in the roughest sense, it's about this astronomer whose name is Ellie. Um, I'm blanking on her last name. Dr. Ellie Arroway. Ellie Arroway, who has always, you know, had a penchant for, you know, listening to radio and, and signals from outer space and ends up finding this signal, very weird signal from another star. And it's kind of about investigating that and, you know, aliens come in. That was kind of a bad synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. That's like that's the brief general outline. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to give too many spoilers, but yeah, it's it's about. Of um, Actually, yes. quick warning: we will be uh, discussing spoilers of the movie after this point. So, if you have not already watched Contact, or if it's something that you're planning to watch in the future, I highly recommend you stop listening to the podcast. But <laughs> once you do, come back in because we will be discussing it very shortly. But yeah, that was a good brief synopsis, Micah. But thank you. Thank you. After this point, <laughs> we will be in spoiler territory, so be forewarned. But Micah, I wanted to, before we got a bit more into the movie, I want to talk about the context in which the movie was made. Mm-hmm. You know, Carl Sagan, he wrote the book that this movie is based off. This movie is based off a book that Carl Sagan wrote. In 1985 and i want to talk about him and what his experiences sort of changed about this movie what effect, how it affected him yes so carl sagan pretty big name he was the voice of cosmos the tv show he was he worked with nasa he was a prominent astronomer writer general thinker <laughs> aren't we all um yes he was you know i think most notably involved in the development of the golden record which was put in the Voyager probe um, and contains all sorts of stuff about humans. Yeah. <laughs> um, like coordinates to where Earth is. And there's like a drawing of like human anatomy and there's like hello and, you know, a ton of different languages. So for, for him, I think contacting other species is, is definitely a big theme. Um, it yeah. is, you know, work with NASA and his fictional work. I have a lot of respect for Carl Sagan. I like, I've liked pretty much everything by him that I've read. I think, you know, the pale blue dot speech is one of the greatest. Uh, I've heard yes. of that. Yeah, like the theme of human significance in the world and like our ability to contact other places and other like ideas. That's something that Sagan's work definitely like that reflects in this movie yes. so much. Some um, core central themes. Yes. Um, but he died, unfortunately, a year before this movie came out. The movie is dedicated to him, but he wasn't, you know, able to see it. Dang. Sad, but, unfortunately, yeah. he's in the cosmos now. Yes. But yes, he's very integral to this movie. A lot of his work definitely is reflected here. And yeah, Sagan definitely had like a big effect on yes. his ideas, like with astronomy and with like uh, human purpose. That's, I think, or human significance. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's a really big theme that's reflected here. Yeah. Um, well, before we get into those maybe bigger themes, do you want to talk about like if we liked the movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's probably a good idea, isn't it? So, yeah. Like, what, do you, what do you think about it? How, I mean, how do you feel about this? I love this movie a lot. I've, I've watched this movie many, many times from like my early childhood i've watched this movie i think it has a lot going on i think it has 
a lot to say. I think it's it's a good example of like a way to think about being alive. I think uh, that's mm. kind of general. <laughs> we can get into that more when we talk about the themes, but I think it's a great movie. I, I just watched this movie. I yes. don't have the experience of having watched it uh, in my childhood, unfortunately. I feel like it was like that for the last movie as well. But yeah, no, I, I just watched this. And I also have to agree with you. Like, it's about like being human. You know, it's about like mm-hmm. finding a way to live. I think I definitely had an interesting reaction to this as a person who, as a person of faith, uh, to all my listeners who are unaware, I am <laughs> practicing Catholic. But I think that those ideas of like religion and of like higher powers, they definitely play into a lot of like what happens in the movie. And they definitely shaped, I think, some of my interpretations of what happened. But we'll get to that also later. Yeah, yes. we're saving a lot of things for later. <laughs> Prepare yourselves. Keep listening. We want you to keep listening. But yeah, no, I think that I really liked uh, what I took away from this as a writer, especially. Like the theme of being human, like you said, like a theme of finding like what's right, especially like as a synthesis of different fields like science and faith. And yeah, that was what I got away from this. Yes. So... Do you want to talk about some of the major characters? Obviously, we can start with the main character. Yeah. Uh, Ellie Otherway, who is, uh, she's a scientist from a young age, has loved science. <laughs> and yeah. like specifically radio broadcasting, she, her dad, who died young, uh, when she was young, but they would, you know, use like ham radio to talk to people in Florida. And that kind of grew into uh, looking for signals in space. Um, I think she's a v- pretty good character. Not, not so super complicated but also she serves sort of to be the voice of like science in this movie yeah and it's contrasted by palmer joss who i don't know if you want to talk about him a little bit yeah uh palmer joss he's more of the faith sort of voice he's definitely a voice that i think represents an important uh, aspect of the message of the movie which is that we make our own interpretations of the universe and that we need to understand a variety of fields like science and like faith even it's not necessarily religious faith but personal faith to like make sense of things but He's supposed to be representing uh, that sort of humanistic humanities aspect of, hey, maybe we can't understand everything. And the two of them foil off each other really nicely. And that's and those two characters really give us uh, the broad sense of what I think this movie is trying to say. Like I said, it's about understanding humanity, understanding yourself through knowing various fields. And those two characters make that message clear. Yes. Musically. So this is scored by is it Adam Silvestri. Am I right? Uh, Alan Silvestri. Alan Silvestri. I wrote on Adam. Um. Adam is his uh, <laughs> twin brother. No. Oh. But, <laughs> no. Uh, Alan Silvestri. Same guy who scored Night at the Museum. Yes. I didn't. I don't know this guy at all. Apparently he's like a big deal. Yeah, so. I, I, just realizing how many movies he scored. I yeah. think part of his uh, part of his like whole thing is that his, like his, his scoring very much like fades into the background in a really good way. Mm-hmm. It like it brightens the mood. It like emphasizes what the whatever scene is trying to say. It's it's good. It's it works for what it does. It's it's Sylvester. He scored a lot of the Avengers movies. A lot of movies you might know. Polar Express. I know he did that. Oh, By wow. the museum, of course. A lot uh, of movies. Yeah, no, he's got a he's got a rich filmography. Didn't know he did this one, but it works. He does it well. Indeed, yeah. I think music's great. Um, yeah. All right, well, let's talk about some of the symbols and themes of this movie, of which yes. there are, are many. Oh, yeah. Um, this movie is dense. <laughs> so I think the, there's a lot of ideas going on, but I think the, key, the main idea is sort of epistemological. I definitely Ooh. mispronounced it. Wait, it's epistemology, epistemological. Is that how you no, that, that was right. That okay, was right. Hopefully I'm right. You know, at the end of this movie, they meet the aliens, and the aliens although they know a lot more than humans do, they don't actually know everything. And epistemology, I'm sorry for using big words. Um, <laughs> that, that's the study of knowledge um, and like knowing and thinking. So anyway, but the aliens don't know everything. And like the point that this movie is kind of making is that although science is a good method, it is not perfect. And to think that you can know everything and understand everything perfectly is sort of a delusion. 
you know, which I think is interesting because this movie uses the word delusion actually quite a bit, um, especially referring to religion. Mm. The, the point that's making is like some things you, you have to kind of take on a, a kind of faith. Like you can't know everything perfectly. And to, tr- to assume that you can is, is a little bit arrogant and just not true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe I'm not articulating myself quite, quite right, but that's definitely what I get out of this movie and like the, as a main theme. No, yeah, I get that. Like, I think the aliens themselves, uh, when Dr. Arroway encounters them, uh, they're like, uh, we have this method of contacting you, but we don't even know how it got here. We're not sure, like, someone else made this. We're just using it. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Showing like they, they'd... Maybe they'll come back. Like, we don't know. Um, <laughs> we don't know. We're just taking care of this. Very but... chill aliens. But, like, the, the, the point is, like, the universe is very big and very complicated. And, you, you know, even if you're very advanced, it's unlikely you'll ever be able to know everything about it. Yeah. Like, there's some parts that you just can't know. And that's, right. like... Ellie's whole journey in this movie is I, I want to prove everything through science. I want to like record everything. And we can see that she does. She like in the opening scenes throughout like the entire movie, we can see that she has like this great grasp on like what she's doing. She's clearly an expert in her field. She's so qualified to be doing everything she's doing, but there are points in it and there's experiences that she has up to the final moment where she realizes that she maybe does not have full control of everything. And she can't necessarily understand what happens in the universe at a cosmic scale. And it's her journey about learning stuff, like, like you said, that that's okay. That being able to understand those sorts of things can be like pointless or arrogant and that it's our job to like sort of fill in the blanks by faith and not necessarily, and that faith doesn't have to be necessarily a religious thing. It can just be a personal thing, maybe a, some kind of spiritual thing, what have you, but that that aspect of understanding the universe isn't necessarily delusional, you know? Definitely. Um, yes. And I think you, we have written down here in the notes, uh, you know, understanding for yourself what the universe is about based on your own interpretations, your, your faith, your evidence, and your personal experience is that's definitely sort of a summation of the point. Like, um, yeah, you know, near the end, she comes back, she has no evidence that she went to space, but you know, and there, she's being questioned by Congress and the guy's like, well, you have no evidence. Like how as a scientist, can you say that this happened? And, you know, she's like, well, I have no evidence. I know that, but I can't, I just can't say it didn't happen because <laughs> I, you know, because I was there. Right. Like, yeah. So, I think that's that's the core point of this movie, um, which yeah. I think is, is an interesting thing to think about. I think that it's really interesting that you talked about this at the end. Uh, she said to find before Congress, she's talking about like, oh, hey, I saw this. I can't prove it, but be it that as it may. Like, I think it's interesting that both within the universe and as viewers, we're sort of left to interpret the ending. We, we can't necessarily know if what happened to her necessarily really did happen. We'll talk about this a little more later. We're leaving a lot of things for later, don't worry. Yes. But keep listening. But yeah, we don't know about necessarily if that happened to people in, who are within the narrative don't know if they can believe like this source. It's all up to their own interpretations of what happened and their own like how their own personal experience and evidence and faves and interpretations whatnot sort of shape how they view what happened and how they take away what happened. And I think that that's the powerful message of the movie. It's not necessarily contact the aliens, but what contact the aliens means for us as a society that I think is founded on both science and faith in some form or another. Right. And, and, and a point that's made, I think that is actually quite good is, so they're, inter- they're trying to figure out who's going to go through this machine. And so they have this international panel that's mm. interviewing those people. You know, Ellie, who discovered this, is like one of the top candidates. But the reason she doesn't go is because she's, uh, you know, proclaimed atheist. And the, the rationale that this guy gives, um, some, you know, professor or whatever, is like something like 90, it's lower now, but 95% of the world is, you know, some, some kind of religious, like, you know science is great and all but like shouldn't the person that goes like represent humanity (laughs) like and i think even as as someone who's you know 
grew up in a, in a Christian place, but is at least relatively agnostic at this point. Like, I think it's a good point, right? Like, mm. I think it's a, if, if this was to happen in real life, we would probably want someone that, you know, is representative of humanity. Right, um, right. Representation matters. Um, <laughs> especially for dealing with, with the first alien contact with you. Yeah. <laughs> you want someone who is, who is- Broadly is, encompasses the world. Right. The narrative, like, uh, or well, the people within the narrative, like punish in a way, they punish Dr. Airway for being atheist. They like, <laughs> oh, you should, you shouldn't like, you should believe in something. Like the person who goes up there should believe in something. But as a, like right. a very religious person, as a person who's like very deeply entwined in faith, I like that the narrative doesn't punish her for, for it. <laughs> the narrative is like, she doesn't have to like start believing in like some religion or some like God mm-hmm. if she doesn't want to. She can just believe in herself and like what she sees about the universe. And I really like that the message is about finding a spirituality and a faith, but not necessarily a religious one and not necessarily one that's right. like, theistic i like I think that i think it's interesting with so the guy that actually goes or is supposed to go before the the first machine is blown up um yeah. is drumlin and drumlin gives this whole speech about you know all this blessings god has given us but i think it, mm. to me it seemed like he was it's very cynical um yeah. like he, he seemed to just be saying it because he knew that would get him in the in the mm. on the ship um and so i think the the point that that's making there is like even if ellie it doesn't end up actually being like religious like she has belief like she clearly believes in this project of contacting aliens uh, right <laughs> like right if she has an, a, an ideal that that's it um so yes yeah. and another avenue sort of very briefly that's that explores this is one of the other characters is named dr dr kent um mm. who's blind in a way he can't directly observe the world like through his eyes like he can't see things he can only you know hear t- all the other senses so, but, in, but in a way he does have to take it on faith that like all this exists right like he has no actual evidence that you can that anyone could see um right like that you know color is real or any of that yeah and so but he still you know does this out of an obvious passion right like he wants to find a signal from aliens don't we all <laughs> even if he can't he'll never see an alien in his life it's because he believes in it right like um, yeah that's fascinating because i actually didn't know he was blind when i first watched this <laughs> i thought it's not he, obvious yeah, yeah no i thought he was just doing his thing i like well, you go you um, but yes yeah it makes so much like He's such an interesting thematic character because I think it's it's him who ends up like believing in Ellie, and yes, who ends up like hearing the like her say I'm okay to go like on this mission at the yes, very it, end. As there's like a huge you know gravitational event and there's a ton of static. He's the only one that can hear through mm. to what she's saying, um, which is yeah both thematic and also it's just interesting. So yeah, um, yeah, he's a very like he's a very interesting character. We could like we could talk about any of these characters for a while, but yes, I want to go into. Uh, sort of one last thing that when it comes to like themes and ideas i think it's very interesting uh the various perspectives that this movie takes when it comes to like reacting to what's going on i think this movie almost feels like almost feels like a documentary like a biopic yes. of like actual events that like are sort of like being dramatized i think it's fascinating i think there's a point in the movie where after they receive the transmission which is you know the german transmission um, nazi germany and mm-hmm. when they're talking about that there's a lot of various like perspectives to it. They talk about it like Dr. Airway is when she's discussing it with a government official, she's like, Oh, this is just the first ever thing they received. And this is their way of saying that, Hey, we got this. But yeah, right. another official, the, the government official was like, well, what if it means that they're on the side of like that, they're on that side of history. It was, that means like right. that's what they support, you know? So it's, it's interesting to see how realistic and how like deeply entwined into like hard science fiction that this is. Right. Um, and I think maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but I think that's also an extension of the whole belief thing. Like the reason that the reason that that transmission is meaningful beyond just data to us is because we know, 
you know, it's not like scientific why we know this is bad. We, we just know from our history, from our culture. Right, right. Like it, it's, it's, it's something that's not directly observably, you know, bad. But it's only, it's only made that because we know, you know, we know what that is in a way that the aliens don't, right? Like they're, right, just, they're right. just viewing data. Our perspective so, yeah. is coloring like how we interpret right. it. And it's making things, it's, it's changing how like we see something that should be innocent. Yes. And I think that talks about like a lot about how we, like this is, uh, talked about this, Carl Sagan. He was a person who helped a lot with uh, the golden disc. Yeah, how how an alien society would react to a description that we give them. Maybe they interpret the noises that we think of as jazzy rock and roll as like <laughs> war messages. You know, right? We, we don't know that, but it's part of the great like human experience that we sort of have to have faith. Even the characters in the movie, like Lampshade, well, maybe they're trying to uh, with these messages that they're sending us establish like military contacts. But right, it's like it's that aspect of I think this is ultimately a very optimistic movie in that contacting like outside forces be it uh, in our own lives or outside in the galaxies is something that you just have to take a chance on you have to have faith in in some way or another yeah and, and so you know a key point about this is also against like this anthropocentrism where like the idea that humans are the center of everything um and carl sagan was very much not about that um mm. and there's this great exchange which builds on what you just said where they're talking they just get the blueprint for this machine and they're just talking about like why why should we build this like what if you know the the you know national security advisor is like what if this is just the gate that allows their army to come in and you know mm. sterilize earth right and like and ellie's like you know dr airways says like you no know, why would they do that like <laughs> we're like nothing if if to, to a species that can do this why would we why would they bother getting rid of us like i think a um you know there's this view that sagan has i think that the universe is not as you know horrible and malevolent as a lot of people might think but also like you know to assume that we'd even be worth caring about is sort of, <laughs> you know like come on, like come on like if, if yeah. there's alien species that can go between you know stars like what what do we matter we're we're we now think it's like ants on a anthill or something i forgot what the yeah. metaphor is um, microbes on an anthill in yes. africa right i think it's interesting how it ends in that yes uh, the aliens do seem to care about humanity in some way or form and i want to talk about sort of what we think about what we think this piece is about at the very end talk about the ending what are our takeaways our personal interpretations yes uh, Micah, i know you very much described to the ending that the movie i think sort of reinforces which is the alien ending yes um so the reason a because i think i think it is kind of supported by the fact that uh they say her so although her little camera uh you know only could record static it recorded 18 hours of static um which is i think the way the movie's kind of way of saying like yeah she actually met the aliens um yeah, or at least something happened she was uh she claimed that she was in outer space for 18 hours despite it only being like a second, a second on Earth. Earth, right yeah. because of einstein relatively whatever um <laughs> um but uh, you know i think for this for the themes of this movie to really matter like to really make to, to be impactful right like she has to have actually met the aliens like it has to be real if mm. if we're saying like part of truth is faith then like the fact that she it has to be true that she actually met aliens um for her you know kind of faith in that at the end to make sense um hmm. you know also i just i like the i like that ending more i think it's a happier it's a better ending right because um you know one of the end yeah. quotes at the end of the movie is um you know if it's just us it seems like an awful waste of space like yeah. i think it's 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 more depressing galaxy if it's just human beings like so I also, I personally prefer, and I think it's just more thematically resonant. Um, I know you have some interesting interpretations about both like death and also birth. Um, so do you want to go into that? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I see what I first took away from this movie and I ended up like at the very end, I, I agree with you, you know, like 
I think that makes more sense for the narrative for her to have met the aliens. I think it's a bit more resonant that way. But I, when I first saw the movie, I was like, hmm, well, maybe she just died. Maybe this is just in the same way that people like have uh, experiences like going to the light, you know, that this is a sort of like her facing death and her facing the, the very end of, or like the afterlife in some way. Right. When she goes to the place in which the, the aliens describe as a sort of transit system for a variety of races, they talk about how it's uh, the place that all races end up eventually, maybe some maybe do, maybe some don't. And since the alien who talked to her took the form of her father and knew her memories and was able to like talk mm-hmm. to her in this very like memory resonant place, I thought yes. it was her interpreting death in some way and that she saw sort of meaning in the afterlife in some way, in a sort of quasi-religious sort of way. And then she returned to Earth and it's up to us to interpret whether or not that it was a religious message or it was just Ellie's personal journey. Maybe the whole like narrative was building up to nothing. But when I saw it, I thought it was her like experiencing spirituality and uh, science fiction sort of as one, which I thought was really interesting to see how those two intertwined. Yes, and I think at the very beginning of the movie, and I, I, I like this kind of callback, and I think it's interesting that it kind of supports what you're saying, when she's with her dad in the very beginning of the movie, her, her mom is dead at this point, mm-hmm. and she's like trying to radio to people, and she's like, oh, dad, can we, can we talk to mom with this radio? I think her dad's just like, like oh, no, she's too far away or something. Yeah. Like, I, think, I think that's kind of a callback, because at the end, her dad said as well, and now she's talking to him, you know, through the power of radio. <laughs> right, <laughs> in, in right. Way. So yeah, I think that's definitely an interesting interpretation. Yeah, no, I... I don't think it's probably the right one, personally. <laughs> Even speaking as a person like, who is religious, I think that it makes more sense for her not to like, necessarily have a religious experience, but I feel like that's one way it could be interpreted is her, she had this experience with like, some higher power right. and she saw it all, she saw all her memories and all that she needed to know about the universe as she was dying and she returned to life uh, a better person or a renewed person. Right. That, it's the idea of like uh, dying and returning as a more complete person which is like right. biblical and has these like connotations to it but that's one inter- that's what i got out of it the first time i watched it yeah, yeah. it's definitely i think it's it's definitely part of it uh, even if it's not direct yeah 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 okay two last points i think before yes. we wrap up for good i think i want to talk briefly i want to get in my soapbox a little bit about one theme i think that isn't necessarily addressed in the movie but i think that's prevalent in just uh film in general <laughs> michael we we're talking about the uh the love interest yeah so Dr. Airway and the other big character who is That's Joss. Oh, Joss. Oh, what's it? Palmer? Is it Palmer Joss? Palmer Joss. Palmer Joss. Yeah. They have a relationship. It's, I don't think it's great. I think it's very brief and underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. Although I do think it's thematically resonant because one is Joss is like religious and she's very scientific. And so the movie mm-hmm. is kind of about the blend of the two. And I think that kind of works, but I don't think it's developed. It's like an actual human relationship. I quick shout out to Miss Coleman Taylor because I was taking a class <laughs> in women's lit. And I think this made me more aware of issues like this, but I think that, the idea that this female lead who we're following for this entire movie, for the entire narrative, that she has to have a love interest at all in some way or shape or another, because this is something that a lot of other movies uh, sort of follow the pattern, especially like in this era in the 90s. You know, we like, and even before then, if there's a female lead, she either ends up, I think this is a quote from Little Women, she has, ends up married or dead. And I think this movie like follows that pattern. She ends up in a relationship. There's no need for it really, because Joss could have just been uh, foiled to her without being a love interest. And I think it just shows that a film continues to necessitate uh, certain standards for having female leads and certain like sort of justifying even having like a character who is female and not a relationship is like absurd apparently. And I don't know, I could talk for a while about that, but that's just my observation with this film is that 
that is one aspect of it that I definitely dislike is that it followed that pattern. And apparently it was more developed in the book, Micah. I think you talked oh, about that. Oh, I, I think it is probably, I don't, I haven't read the book, but I'm, it's longer. So I'm assuming it might have yeah. more. Um, I don't know if it does. I definitely agree. I think in both this and Night at the Museum, um, these are, you know, two films of equal weight, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I think movies in general, I think oftentimes, you know, these love interests feel a little bit tacked on and like just put there for maybe not, you know, I don't, I don't know why yeah. sometimes. And, you know, there are very, obviously there are counter examples. There are some very good relationships in film, but I think often they, especially, you know, in older movies too, um, they do feel a little bit just tacked on and yeah, unnecessary. Um, I think it's the and, idea that these relationships have to like exist at all. Even like right. this narrative that's about like finding your cosmic self and about finding, like understanding humanity. That, oh, there's uh-huh. also the female lead has a relationship. You know, that, that just feels necessary to me but it's a little bit of enculturation into american culture um yeah no there's I, like, i'm fine with computer engineering but yeah yeah there's like gender roles and history of like yeah. male dominated um, cinema it's yes. reflecting in this and it makes me angry but i think we've gotten better <laughs> about a society progressively like this is a movie made in the 90s and we've already like i think developed past that now i can think of like the first example off my head is like moana female lead doesn't necessarily there's a male character who helps her journey but they don't like become romantically involved right narratives like that i think we've accepted the sense of platonic relationships in film. yeah exactly <laughs> i think i think hollywood and cinema has gotten better about that but that's just one yeah. observation that very much like didn't sit right with me when i was watching this you know yeah i think it, i think it's just not you know i i skipped the scenes not because i didn't like them just because i thought they're kind of boring <laughs> <laughs> so you know ex- although i do think they have they have good they have some good points especially near the end and we can kind of close on this hmm. but as they're leaving congress um palmer palmer joss and dr airway getting to the car they're asking the reporters are asking Joss, you know, like, what do you think of what do you do? You believe Dr. Airway? And he says, you know, we're, we have two, dis- we have two different disciplines, but we're both searching for the truth. Mm. I think that's kind of the point of this movie is like, you, you know, the truth is complicated and, you know, you, there is no perfect way to find it. And you probably will never find it, but you should at least try. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that too. I want to leave, I want to leave this off with a quote as we finish that you told me before, oh. like as context, before we watched the movie. Yes. He told me, I believe this following quote, this is less a movie about humans finding aliens and more a movie about humans finding themselves through aliens. Yes, yeah. I, think I think it's best, true. I think it's very yeah. true. Um, the best science fiction narratives, I think, are built using scientific devices to talk more about humanity. Yeah. And, you know, the aliens are in this movie for, for like a grand total of five minutes. It's much, yeah. <laughs> more, much more about our reaction to that and, you know, how exactly. we deal with our reality so that's why it like goes big into like the realism aspect of like the science fiction why yeah we got like all these hard science rules going <laughs> on here i think it really it really does the message of finding personal truth and of using the aliens as a device for our own understanding of ourselves and what we as a race of people think as yes. like the human race thinks but yeah that's that's contact and that's yeah, our thoughts on love it. this movie great movie, great movie. Highly recommend. i, I rewatched it and I, I forgot how good it was so yes it's a very good movie like on a scale of uh two lizards uh, <laughs> being baked in the sun to one very large komodo dragon in the cold how would you rate this movie man um alligator in the arctic that's what Al- i'm gonna give it alligator in the arctic all right all right so it's a solid nine out of ten for those of you who don't lizard speak. It's very good. It's one of my favorite movies. It's, yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah. Uh, that was our episode for today. I'm bad at uh, conclusions, but hopefully you got something more about the movie. Hopefully you learned more about. Uh, you were able to dissect a bit more about the movie experience, about what you took away from it. I find that I really like to always dissect, like, and an, an, an analyze a uh, movie after I watch it. So hopefully this is filling in some of that niche for you if you're that kind of person. But uh, Micah, any final <laughs> thoughts? No, I think you about summed it up 
watch this movie if you haven't watched it. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. <laughs> watch this movie. Do it. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you so much for joining us today on The Wide View. We'll come back to you yes. hopefully very soon. but Eventually. <laughs> eventually. So we'll get around to it. <laughs> well, if we have time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have our own cosmic lives to understand and to do. Indeed. But... I have work to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I, but thank you so much. And yes. we hope you listen again. 